Welcome to Force Lore Comics, your weekly update to the Star Wars universe as depicted in the Marvel comic books. Join your hosts Jim and Tim as they recap the releases of the previous week. For more in-depth talks about Star Wars, Jim and Tim can also be found on Our Certain Point of View, a Star Wars and Mandalorian podcast. Force Lore Comics and Our Certain Point of View are fan-based podcasts and have no affiliations with Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, or any of their subsidiaries. Hello there, and welcome to Force Lore Comics. My name is Tim. I'm Jim. That's right. Uh, this is Four Store Comics Jim. from our certain point of view. And yeah. we are here today to talk about the first issue, official first issue, of the War of the Bounty Hunters series. Um, and this is meant in a, a bunch of different ways. So we've had the Prelude books come out. There's a book called War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. Um, the Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, Darth Vader... And Bounty Hunters comic books each had a prelude to this new tie-in series, War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, those books will continue to be part of the story, of course. Uh, but this is the miniseries book called War of the Bounty Hunters. This is part one titled Most Wanted, which I thought was a really cool title once we read the whole book. Um, and that's where we're at. How you doing today, yeah, Jim? Yeah, how am I doing or what am I doing? Ooh, I, I was going I, I with how, a, I, but how? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I need a pineapple though. You need a pineapple, okay? So how are you today, Jim? I'm amazing. Yeah. I couldn't be any more amazing. That's it. That's All right, what I'm doing. I'm glad to hear it. Um, yeah. You must not be the most wanted. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say that, that came out sounded uh, terrible. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not very wanted at all. I guess. Well, the most wanted in this book are all wanted to be murdered. So, yeah, and we got two competing for that title. Yeah, we do. Uh, so let's talk about our meta stuff. Uh, we've got our classic writer Charles Soule. We know that he's involved in a lot of this. Um, I'm going to go a little out of order here. This was colored by uh, Niraj Menon, and we've seen that name a few times uh, through some different Star Wars books. Uh, yeah. We've talked about. We've talked about that colorist. It's it's really interesting to me the way they identify these things. And I need to look more of it up because sometimes they say there's a penciler and an inker. And I think I understand the difference there. But this one says illustrated by. Sometimes it says artist. Um, and I really don't know what the differences are. Like why does this one say illustrated by versus artist versus inker? And what about the designer? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I don't know the differences <laughs> there. They all seem to be doing the same thing. They're they're, and, and this is not meant to to make it seem like it's it's well, less. Industry but industry terms that I don't understand either. Yeah, they're creating these images for the for the book, and I don't understand why. Um, anyway, this was huh, illustrated this by Luke Ross. Pride variant cover, Doctor Afra. I wonder if they're doing a Pride Month thing. Sounds like they might be. I think they did for the for the Doctor Afra that already came out. I didn't realize it until I was reading the credits for this one. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Um, and the uh, speaking of the cover, um, the cover art, the official cover art for the main book for this one was by Steve McNiven and Frank Darmada. Darmada. Um, <gasps> so that's who we've got. So I'm really like, like I said, I'm I'm kind of interested in where some of that comes from. But I'm going to have to look some of that up. If you are a 
comic book guru and you know more about the inker versus illustrator versus artist because I know the colorist and why some of them say colored by versus some of them saying colorist like why do they have these different um, specific titles I would love to know that um, all I know is the cover on this one's gorgeous the cover on this one is awesome it is it's awesome. some sort of weird mixture of photorealism and and you know in cartoon. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. It's also kind of telling of some of the story. Um, it does have a big old tell right in the in the front. Yeah, one a big one right in the front, and then there's a little mini one toward the back. Um, Speaking of which, are we going to be uh, spoiling Loki today? Oh yeah, we're going to spoil Loki. In fact, before we spoil Loki. We're going to talk a bit about our book, um, but before we talk about our book, we're going to hear from Shasta Mandalorian. Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. So there he is. That was uh, Shasta over at uh, the Riff Radio yeah. Show. Um, I do a show on there. So all you, uh, all you Gen on Xers Tuesdays. or Gen Y or, well, uh, and I'm just going to say this, Gen Z, if you want to hear some good quality music, um, go on over there and give it a listen because... Mm-hmm. There's definitely some good music and some good information. It's a good time. There is some good music coming out right now, but yep. it's hard to find. I, I was messing around the other day trying to find some good stuff, going through you know the Billboard Top 100 and looking at, at the top releases through, through these different about? services. Yeah. Huh. Um, and yeah, we've uh, talked about that a lot on the Riff, uh, like in Gordon and I one on one about how it like music release is so so very different than it's ever been. Because there aren't just like four radio stations in your area that play kind of similar music. So there's no more monopoly on music. The good part of that is like all kinds of bands can get into it. bad thing is, you know, it's hard for a band to truly make it big anymore. Right. You know, because we were talking about a lot of this music that you hear that becomes popular uh, comes off of things like TikTok. Someone will use it as background and people like the song or... Or stuff like that. It's social media. They don't like the song. They hear a part of it over and over and over and over again to the point that they are confused to thinking that it's good because they've heard it enough that they think they like it. Um, Sometimes it is. Uh, Halo by Mother Mother. That's how I found them. They're an incredible right. band so, in Canada. So, some of it is. That's not what I'm saying. But some of it really, really is not. And it's that whole acquired it's, taste yeah. thing. It's got a catch to it. You know? Right? You don't just love certain things that you taste. You've just eaten them enough that you've... <laughs> You've built up a tolerance. Like uh, what? I don't know. Cooked <laughs> spinach. <laughs> hmm. Okay. You know? So anyway. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm eating while we're recording. That'd be horrible. That'd be horrible. That would be That would be horrible. <laughs> I'm not saying I just finished my last bite, but okay. That would be preferable. All right. So anyway. Um, it was delicious. Moving on to this particular comic book. 
Let's talk Star Wars. Yeah. So at the end of this episode, after we finish the comic book, we're spoiling Loki, right? Yes. So after we finish the comic book. Okay. Let's yes. talk comics. Yeah, we'll have one more brief little Loki. ad toward the end there that's fitting to our spoiling, and then we'll then we'll spoil away. Right, I, I want to add something about the cover. Speaking of, uh, can I can I say, yeah, are we Do ready it. for that? So, somewhere on some Star Wars site or something, somebody pointed out that there is a dent, a clear blaster mark on Boba Fett's armor on his codpiece. <laughs> and now every time I see a full picture of uh, Boba Fett, I notice that it's there. It's it's always there. So somebody at one time shot Boba Fett in a there. very awkward place. <laughs> and it dented the Besker, so... Uh, He's lucky he had it, first of all, but second of all, that probably hurt. Yeah. I bet it did. But he's Boba Fett. All right. Speaking was... of hurt, uh, we open up with a, a scene of Han Solo frozen in carbonite. Okay, it looks did... like he's not happy. Did you did you pick up on the end of this book? I'm not going to say what the end is because we're here. Um, if you're just joining us um, and you're not big on comic books... We do recap the comic books on this show to make sure that you are uh, up to date on what's going on if you're not a reader of them. So it's not just a review of the book. Um, we are doing recaps. So, um, yeah, so I'm not going to spoil the very end of it until we get that part. But did you know before we got to the end what the end was going to be? Uh, no, that was definitely a surprise. It's a twist ending. Yeah. I, I suspect, I'll tell you about where I suspected when we, when we get into here. It was when they were being all, when they were being too cryptic. When the, when the huts were talking about the rise of this organization. Yeah, when they were being... Yeah. The, the writing there was a little bit too cryptic. It was like, all right, they, they wouldn't be so secretive. It's not like they're talking about Voldemort and they can't say his name. Like, <laughs> You said his name. I know. Well, I'm not scared. Harry Potter taught me that. Anyway, um, there was another piece of writing here on this very first page. So we open up with a shot of Han Solo and they're, um, he's frozen in carbonite. And they were, you know, the, whoever is with him, we don't know at this point. They're talking about um, the carbonite freezing process being pretty quick, so it, it shouldn't hurt him much. Um, but they said, but look at his face. It's clear yeah. at this moment this man was in extraordinary pain, which is a oh. – that's a little fan service um, more than anything else because yeah, the assumption would be he was hurt from the carbonite freezing, <laughs> you know. They're like, eh, it could have been something else. He might have just been really sad, which we know that that's actually, you know, what he's feeling is is that kind of emotional pain. Yeah. Um, but for someone who was frozen in a in a relatively new technique, the assumption would be, wow, this must have hurt because look at him. Yeah. I don't think there would be a whole lot of other insight. Well, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but it was a nice nod to him being. It was, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a, yeah. It was a little fan service thing. It's, it's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's what it was. Did the name of the ship they land on give you a hint? The Vermilion? I didn't think the Vermilion was a name we'd heard. Well, it's more that Vermilion means red, or one might say crimson. Ah, well, okay. That's, uh, that's fitting. I wonder what the rest of the names of the ships are. Oh. Curious. Anywho. Yeah, so right away we see this ship, the Vermilion. Um, I guess the Vermilion is the is the large ship, the sort it's of base, the space station there. Because um, yeah, this group doesn't actually have a headquarters. 
I right. looked it up. I, I, I read their history because I, I was like, what am I forgetting about these guys? And they never did establish a headquarters. It's always been mobile. Yes. So it makes sense that they would have a big space station somewhere. Yeah, and we, we, we saw that before. Um, all right, let's 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 keep on going so we don't talk too much about the group. So we end up, we, we see a, a person here who's clearly drawn to be female, um, who is questioning them, obviously in charge of everything. Mm. Um, getting to where we go at the end, a, a little, uh, I don't know if boisterous is the word, um, seems a little flashy, excited, very, very... Confident? I, it's not a confidence. It's almost like a giddiness. It's almost like yeah. a, we're going to, we're, we're on this. We're going to do this. Um, so they're basically alluding to the fact that they're going to invite people to a party to potentially, you know, a, a party or a bidding auction or something to, to auction off this carbonite well, Han Solo is what it kind of seemed like. Um, and on second read, there's an interesting line from the lady about, uh, you know, lady whose identity is mysterious at this point. Um, you know, is he conscious? Is he in a dream? And they're like, we don't know. And she uh, makes the comment, well, if it's a dream, if it's a memory, if it's the right one, it could be, uh, it could be really good. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that in the first time that she was concerned what his memories might be. Yeah, in what in what state they would be. Um, yeah. Yep. So it is. It is interesting, but it was just the it but was just the excitedness her, that that got me. Her buddies are worried. The ones who actually stole him, are like well, you know, we stole him from Boba Fett. And the lady's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just Boba. Fett. Yeah, He's I just know. One man. He's just one man, and we're all of this. Just one man. <clears throat> so. And he's welcome to try. Bunch of. Say. He's gonna come. He's gonna come for him. Yeah. Yeah. Come along. Um, so then we start with Boba Fett, and he's immediately telling a bartender, somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to die. Um, so there's a yeah. there's a cool conversation here. I, and I'm interested in this bartender because, oh, it's it's on Nar Shaddaa. They, they tell us that. Yeah. Um, but he obviously knows this bartender because he's just talking to him. The bartender's like, oh, well, do you know where he is? And he goes, not oh. yet. You know, and I just found the, the openness of this conversation between Boba Fett and, you know, anyone. <laughs> to yeah. be unusual, um, so it's almost like it's his buddy. It's like his decks. This this particular bartender, and it's even more interesting that he's there on Narshada with um, a buddy, yeah, that he just talks to. It, you know, it's just a curious thing, especially being it in Hut space because we already know, yeah, that people are looking Huts for are Boba Fett, yeah. Um, and then right away it comes up. Some little you can tell it's a it's a little nobody bounty hunter looking for a gig. You know the way he's talking about it first. You thought this guy might be looking for a music venue to perform at. Yeah. You know, um, he's his got a blaster. I guess is, what's that? Is like well, what, his girlfriend. I guess is like, can we get somewhere? And he's like, well, you know, I got to make money first. Yeah, we can't get out of here until we have some money. Got got to work, you know. Yeah. And then, whoa, a big job just shows up on his little telescreen thing. And then we find out he dun, dun, dun. thinks he's a bounty hunter or wants to be a bounty hunter or something of the nature. Yeah. And uh, and the largest bounty ever just happens to be in the same bar. And I'm pretty sure we find out later on that Bubba Fett's bounty was dead or alive. Um, uh, 
I don't remember. I just know it. I remember it said with Han it was a bonus. If you could bring them both in. But I think you're right. I think it is Dead or Alive. Yeah, I think Boba Fett was Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Yeah. So there was definitely a better way to do this than to uh, sneak up on him. But this guy in the bar decides to sneak up on Boba Fett. Um, And Boba Fett, of course, is always aware of his surroundings because he's a ninja. Situational awareness, dude. That's right. Level 10. And uh, he spins around and takes that guy out pretty quick. But yeah, doesn't think anything them. of it. Now, at this point... No, nobody does. Yeah, at <laughs> The this bartender's point, like, so what was that about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. like, I don't know. Money, reputation, revenge. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so I thought that was really funny. And it also is yeah. interesting that, that Boba's not looking into any of the... Uh, he's not looking into any... Uh, I don't know what you would call him at this point, but any, any hollows for... For jobs. See, I I wondered about that too. I think maybe he's blocked from it. Kind of like if you're planning a birthday party for someone at work, you can send an email to everyone except. I assume that that's kind of the deal. That he's on the the bounty hunter guilds thing, but he but does. He's the only one who doesn't get that. This wasn't even guild though. This bounty is opened up to everyone. Like like everyone. I think that I still I think they blocked him. I think he is not CC'd on this. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So anyway, that's where we're at. Because he's totally oblivious until later. And he, he is trying to figure it out later. Yes. Yeah. And he gets he leaves the bar and he's got a message from Bib Fortuna. He's leaving a message for Bib Fortuna, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on the way. It's, everything's fine. Yeah, he's lying. Walks to his ship and... Katoom! Yeah, it is Katoom. says Katoom in and the book. And he says, Ung! Yes, he does. Crack. And then we get our good friend... Zuckus. Zuckus is here. Um, yeah. And did you notice the way that first image was drawn when Bubba Fett was down kind of on his knees after getting blown over? After getting essentially blown up. But after he got, you know, blown away from his yeah, ship. The little detonator goes off on the side of his ship, knocking him down. Right, so he's down on his knees in front of Zuckus, and you can kind of see when you look at it that his, his rocket pack is pointed straight at Zuckus. Yeah, I thought that was... <laughs> Pretty um, big, yeah, like, yeah. So it was, uh, like, I was like, ooh, he's going to shoot him with a rocket. That's really close. And then, you know. So at this mm-hmm. point, um, Zuckus says, oh, nothing much. Zuckus thinks Boba Fett should stay down if he wants to survive the next few minutes. And then we go into the title screen. This is the first yeah. time we see Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters, Part 1, Most part Wanted. One. And we see it here because we have one of our actual, you know, known bounty hunters now mm-hmm. facing off against Boba Fett. Where's his famous Thus partner Forlom? Starting the War of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, he's around. You know. Boba gets the upper hand on Zuckus, which everyone knows is going to happen, which is why Forlom is waiting in the background. Yep. And uh, Now, he says Zuckus can predict the future. I don't know anything about this power. I uh, guess Forlom is some sort of prediction machine. I think it's just Zuckus. I don't think it has anything to do with Forlom. Hmm. I well, later... Forlom says this when to try to get Boba Fett not to kill him. No, no, no. He says that he's got update upgraded. Oh, I thought he said he had upgraded. Uh, Maybe he did. We'll find out. Upgraded targeting systems or something. Anyway, I thought you could predict the future. Zuckus should have seen that coming, and he did. He said, "I did." And here's Forlom, and Forlom's nice enough. He says, "Hello." Hello. Does, he does say hello. <laughs> yeah. 
that's how he, that's how he greets him. That's how he walks up. Hello. So for those of y'all who don't remember, Vorlom is actually uh, so in the making of Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, this was way back in 1980, I think, with with Empire. Yep. Um, they weren't sure, you know, of course, how this universe would get expanded. So, um, Vorlom is literally C-3PO's um, outfit with like a bug-looking uh, android head on top of it. And he's a full, not just his outfit. I mean, it's it's a it's a three PO body. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he is, he's fully uh, he, a droid. Yeah. He was originally um, what, what is C three PO a uh, protocol droid? Protocol droid. Yeah. That's that's <clears throat> what Forlom started out as. But now he's got the drop on Boba Fett. What are we gonna do? Now I had there was an interesting piece here. There was an interesting cell on this page. Um, and I, I like to talk, you know, because it's one of those things we talked about in our certain point of view with uh, Bad Batch. And it's the same thing with the comic book. Almost almost more so, but in any animation, what have you been saying for the last few weeks? Uh, it's never by accident. It's never if by accident. draw it, it's not an accident. Um, in this one, they it was really cool. There's one cell that just shows his feet yeah, sort of touching the ground. Um, yeah. And the concept here was he's surrounded. We see him in the air. We see his jet boosters going. But when you see jet boosters going in the comic book, you can't necessarily tell direction. And yeah. so this cell just shows his feet touching the ground, which means he's come back down. He's essentially surrendered to them um, for the time being. But it was just a it was a neat piece of, uh, well, again, I don't know if it was a neat piece of illustrating or design or writing. I don't know who created this part because... I don't know whose job is is what in some of these books, but I really thought that was an interesting little cell. I just I don't know. I liked it. I, They're looking for Han, and they searched his ship. They searched Slave One, and that actually upsets Boba Fett too. <laughs> Messing with his ship upsets him. He mentions that was my dad's ship. He does say they that. They also dented it with their little bomb. Yeah. Yeah. No. Still the disrespect. That vessel belonged to my father. I no. love that. I love that. That's the second time we have that with Boba Fett in the last few weeks, because he went into that uh, that pit fighting, arena fighting, whatever. Yeah. And took the name Django when he fought. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool. So never anyway, let a Mandalorian touch his gauntlets. What's that? Never let a Mandalorian touch his gauntlets. Never let a Mandalorian touch his gauntlets. Because seriously, they can control everything. Apparently, that's around. I mean, I know that his makes sense. This isn't. I'm, I was making a joke because they're always controlling something. But in this case, he had control of his ship. Yeah. And his ship has some pretty awesome weaponry on it, and it fired on yeah. his position. It did. And he took off because he, he's got a jetpack. He takes off in the air. Yeah, he's got uh, four llama on one side, Zuckus on the other one. He goes straight up, and the ship just blows up where he was standing a second earlier. It's a pretty nice little trip. And then we shoot back, and Zuckus is dangling over this huge drop. Yeah, classic cinema it, catch. But he, it, it's okay. He says, no, Zuckus cannot die this way. And Boba just says, you sure? <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> yep. Um, but his uh, his last words are pretty interesting. Yeah. Everything and they stand out a lot more now. Yeah, they do. A sea of red, and you were drowning in it. So in my mind, I was I was envisioning Tatooine, and you know the 
the red on the sand during a sunset. Like, uh, this is all the stuff I was thinking when he said all this. The drowning in the sea of red. Um, that was, that was the way I took it. And I was a little confused by the red. I was like, "Mm, you know, (laughs) um, we're getting there. We're getting there. So then we see Forlom, who's kind of split in half. Well, we didn't say it. He finally kicked Zuckus off. Oh, he does. He just kicks him know, off. The... Zuckus is dead. They're up on a platform, and um, yeah, they're Wind's gonna. Going. He's he's dead like a. Well, we'd say he's he's dead like a windu. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Dead like <laughs> a windu. Um, and Zuckus is in pieces, but he's still functional. Yeah. Well, sort of. He says, "Stay away from me." And this is my but... favorite because now he just takes his head. Yeah, he does. Um. Which is awesome. And this is where he, Boba Fett finds out what's going on. He's like, you're confused. Solo's your target. <clears throat> and uh, because, uh, yeah, Forlom says, you're the target. And he says, you're confused. It's Solo. And then he plugs him into his computer. <laughs> and like then he that, gets yeah. it. Stop fighting. Yep. And he finds out. Boba, the, so the contract is on Boba Fett. Any hunter. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Dead or alive. Yep. Dead or alive. Um, and Han Solo is just a bonus now. Yeah. And so he yeah. finds out right away that it is actually Jabba that set the bounty. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and Boba Fett, we're finding out that Boba Fett is all of the badass that we think he is. Yeah, he is. We really he are. straight to Jabba's palace. Right. He's like, this Without guy... Han Solo. Without Han Solo. I was like, what is happening? But he, he does it. He's like, I'm just going to go. Um... It's and, a nice uh, little scene when he's walking over the moat, and that's where Forlom's head is saying, uh, I can be useful to you with my upgrades and targeting software, I believe. And he just throws him over the cliff. <laughs> <He just throws laughs> him. I'm done with you. Um, yeah. Yep. So the guards are standing. He just tells them, move out of the way. You know, basically, you don't want to die here. And, and Bib comes out. The conversation um, is relatively brief before he still goes ahead and kills these Gamorrean guards. Yeah. Because he's mad. I mean, at this point, you've got a you've got a, an upset Boba Fett. Um, and Bib even goes, you know, this doesn't have to have any violence. And he says, what did he say? Oh, wrong. <laughs> it's all Boba Fett says is wrong. Yeah. And kills the two Gamorrean guards. Um, the two, you know, who are arguably the most innocent creatures in all of Jabba's oh. palace, except for the Rancor, maybe. Well, I mean, really, saved. like, the Gamorrean guards are just doing a job. They're out front guarding. Yeah. All the people on the inside are the evil ones who do the, the terrible things to people. But anyway, <laughs> that's who Boba yeah. Fett goes after. He says, look, you don't even have these guards. This is not how this is going down. You're going to give me the information, and I want to see Jabba. I want to see Jabba now. And they yeah, don't know. So why, right. is it, why is it on me, not Solo? Yeah, we also find that out. We find out that they think that he has sold... Um, yeah, Han Solo to somebody else instead of to Jabba, and that's why Jabba was mad because they got this invitation from somebody. That's where we switched to where Jabba is. Yeah, so this is the part that that bothered me a little bit. Um, I really thought the the Hut, um, syndicate—I don't know what to call them—the um, Hut organization. Mm. All the Huts are all meeting. Um. And I thought that that was interesting. Now, the one piece that bothered me about this, 
there there are two big things that bother me about this scene, so I'm just going to talk about it. The first one was Bubba Fett's not. I'm sorry, uh, Jabba's not here. Well, where is he? And then they go to this this meeting, right? Where it doesn't yeah. look like he's in one of the rooms in his palace. He's he's at the meeting, whatever it is. Well, it says he's on his war barge. Oh, okay, good. The Shadru war barge of Jabba the Hutt. Hyperspace. Yes. So in hyperspace. He's Um, on his way to that thing. Oh, he's on his way to the thing. Okay. All right. That's better. That's better. So he's on his way to the to the meeting for uh, to the thing for Han Solo. So he's meeting with the Huts. The other part was where he's going and the way they're discussing it. And I know they're trying to lead up to a surprise, but it was it was almost too cryptic. Yeah. Like they kept saying things like it's unusual for this organization to be able to come back into being. This they, organization they, was once ruled yeah. by some guy, and that guy was super powerful. And if that guy's not here, then some, then whoever's in charge now must have killed that guy. Yeah. Like, they just kept saying things like that. They it's never said the words. And it was so many times it reminded me yeah. of watching Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> he who must not be named. You know, like, just but that organization, they were diminished. They can't be back now. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was really consistent with that, and I understand, you know, how, but I was like, all right, uh, let's let's find another way to have the conversation then without, if you don't want to name the organization, that's fine, but you have to keep, you have to not keep being cryptic, because there's no reason for the huts to be cryptic when talking to each other. And the short and sweet of it is they've been invited to a gala where they will be given Han Solo as kind of a peace gesture by this newly re-arisen group to kind of talk about like business in the future. Yeah. And that's that's and then they do show that there's a hut like convoy armada like on its way there. Which is pretty cool. Um yeah. These ships kind of have a uh Some of them have kind of a non-Star Wars Oh, one of them looks like one of the I mean it looks exactly almost like the battle cruisers from the TV show uh, Voltron. Yeah. That the uh, I forgot the name of the evil empire of Voltron, but uh, it looks like one of those ships. Well, the one looks I like love. it has cool the one design. looks like it actually has treads on the bottom. Yeah, it does. It does look like a flying tank sort of thing. Um, so interesting tank stuff part. there. Mm. And uh, so then we come back to Jabba's palace. All right, we still haven't found out who the actual organization is. And I will say this: at this point, I don't know who the organization is. Um. I didn't either. Yeah, I wasn't sure at this point yet. They, they, like I said, they were being intentionally cryptic for us, and I really didn't know who they were talking about. Um, so we come back to Jabba's palace, yeah, and he's like, you know, now it's time for you to leave. Um, which all the guards buddies show up. This was an unusual scene for me, because his initial statement was, "It's time for you to leave." And yeah. what would have been more accurate is somebody shoot him and we'll all share the bounty. Um, yeah. But nobody did well, that. Well, this is like in Tombstone where uh, uh, Wyatt Earp had the gun to the one guy's head and he was surrounded. And I guess like, we he did still have rush, And he's like, yeah, you can, but he's going to die first. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's Fortuna's problem here. Fair <laughs> it's enough. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they can get him, but I would die first. Yeah, and he makes that point. Boba Fett makes that point in a second. He does. Um, he says you wouldn't you wouldn't want to die for him. You don't want to die for this guy. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll be able to kill y'all, some of y'all, maybe maybe most of you, 
and you'd be dying for this guy. It was a pretty good little speech. And I love, you know what I love about this speech? Yeah. Nowhere in this speech, when he says that, he says, he says, some of you die, maybe most of you. He never says, you know, you might win and kill me, but some of you, maybe most of you will die. That's not what he says. He yeah. says, if you fight me, some of you will die, maybe most of you. He still is like, you're not going to kill me. A bunch yeah, of you are maybe, just going to die, yeah. and I'm still going to leave, um, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. And he wants, then, then he finishes, I want to see this invitation. Yeah. And Bib Fortuna takes him because, yeah, they all back down. All right. So here's where, well, this is, I guess, where you sort of officially know, um, or unofficially know, who's well, we the person. We see that, that mysterious female again, and yeah, yeah. she says it. So witness the return where, uh, I guess we should read the whole thing. Uh, it's an invitation to Jabba, uh, to alongside representatives of the great galactic powers to witness the return of dun, dun, dun. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn, so many references to red. Yeah. And uh, if we know the movie Solo or we know the Clone Wars cartoon, we know about the Crimson Dawn. Yeah, we do. And this is where you essentially, this is, this is where you get a pretty good idea of who we're talking to. Or who's, yeah. who's sending the invitation. Because um, we only know one particular female involved with Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Um, this also hints that... Now, they said if he didn't send the invitation, then he is no longer in charge. And if he's not there, he must be dead. Who's the he? Yeah. So we're, now we're talking about Darth Maul. Yeah. So if you want to get into Crimson Dawn is one of multiple crime syndicates, uh, part of the shadow syndicates that Maul was... Uh, in, it's implied that Palpatine uh, set, told Maul to do this, create a uh, organized underworld. Um, because last time we see Palpatine and Maul interact, Maul kills, uh, or Palpatine kills Maul's brother and then like is torturing Maul. And Maul's like, just kill me. And he's like, no, I got plans for you. And then we never hear what those plans are. But the next time we see Maul, he's actively putting together a, a kind of union of crime syndicates under the bigger umbrella, the Shadow Syndicate. But the one that he takes over personally is a group called the Crimson Dawn. And, of yes. course, we see them, we see him at the end of the movie Solo uh, running, you know. Dryden Voss, I think was the guy's name. Yep. Um and uh, Dryden Voss dies, and a woman takes over. Yeah, and there. So the question here is, who were they talking about originally? Were they talking about Dryden Voss, or were they talking oh, about Darth time. Maul? Because I'm guessing they were talking about Dryden Voss. Maybe when the Huts were talking, and that they don't know that Boba Fett's in charge of this whole thing. You because mean Maul. Yeah, sorry, that Maul's in yeah. charge of this whole thing, um, yeah. which means there could still be a Maul somewhere showing up. I'm just saying. Um, well, no, he's dead by this point. Oh, he is dead by this point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's officially canon dead by this point. Because we're died way... in a show called Rebels, have you seen? <sighs> Rebels is awesome. Um, is that was our feed into that. So, yeah. well, this person's uh, fully officially in charge now. Yeah. Now, I will tell you this. I was a little worried when they were being so cryptic on the on the barge before. Um, yeah. That they were going to say, you know, the Nihil are rising to power. Oh, um, no. Because 
you know, that's what's going on in the High Republic series, and it would have kind of tied them into here, and I was like, we don't need that. Um, There's nothing wrong with the Nihil. They're, they're, but they're not, they're not the same kind. They're more pirates than they are. Yeah. Um, Well, Boba Fett points at the the image of the woman, and he said, I said at the beginning someone was going to die, and now I know who. Yeah. Because he's going to the gala. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's it. It's so on, and she it's says, "Awake the dawn." Awake the dawn. Um. So now we are on the planet Jakara, where uh, the Crimson Dawn ship, the Vermilion or spaceship or one, I don't know, space station, seems to have landed on the planet, and they've got Han Solo there as a kind of a big display. Was that the same? Was that the same? ship that they had in solo it's it's similar the way they're That's, using it uh they had that know. flying space state that look. that space station um huh. but i wasn't sure anyway i don't know i mean it looks almost the same but I, I couldn't remember the name of it i didn't remember the name being vermilion so that's all that that's all anyway um so, and we're here. It was called the First Light. And Solo is the First Light, and it's not the same ship. First I just Light. It up. But it had a similar yeah. um, overall design to this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now they've. Uh, so they're preparing for the gala. Yeah, they are. And she said, Han Solo, this is kind of funny. Because um, the one woman wants to know, like, well, what's so special about this guy? He's just kind of a. Kind of a worthless smuggler. I and love she this. She says he unites the whole galaxy. Yes. And then, yeah, they do a montage here, and it is pretty cool. And the montage here is, is fully based on our four comic books that we're reading. Yeah. Um, but, of course, you know, as you think about it, you're like, he really is involved with everything. He's involved with the bounty hunters. He's involved with Dr. Afra. He's involved with the Rebellion. He's involved with the Empire. And then the the one that was really important was right here at the end of this page. They all love him, hate him, need him, owe him, or are owed by him. Han Solo unites the galaxy. And that right now is exactly what I need. That's what she says. So it was really interesting. Um or are owed, you know, or they owe him, and that's also another hint to what's coming on the next page. Yeah. Because she says, Han always wanted to save me. Dun, dun, dun. Did you know who it was then? Yeah. Well, I figured it was her when they said Crimson Dawn. As soon as I said Crimson Dawn, we knew who it was. Yeah. Who is, what's this lady's name? Her name is Kira. It's Kira. That's yeah. right, from the, from the movie Solo. Yes. She's she's his love interest. She is his love interest, and now Leia's on her way. Um, Potentially, I don't know if she was invited, but you know she's on the hunt as well. Finish the preparations. The guests should be arriving soon, and that is the end of this book. Dun dun dun. So we do look like we have a lot of people. We are Zuckus was right, swimming in a sea of red here. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So super, super, super exciting stuff. 
Um, upcoming books here on Force Lore Comics from Star Wars Marvel. Uh, this week, uh, you know yeah. what? Tell me. I didn't pick up uh, the High Republic book last week. I gotta get that. Anyway, um, <laughs> this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, the Bounty Hunters number 13 came out, so we'll be talking about that next week. And next week, Star Wars issue number 14 comes out. Yeah. Then we have Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, then another Star Wars book on July 7th before we actually get the War of the Bounty Hunters book number two. Um, and of course, this is a tie-in series, so all these books that we're talking about, except for High Republic, all these books are, are part of this same adventure. Um, it's going to be cool. It's going to be very cool. Very cool. Yep. So, that's where we're at. That's what's happening. Um, we're excited. Can't wait. Have to wait a little bit, but don't want to wait too long. And uh, we'll be back soon to talk about uh, Star Wars. What is Not Star Wars. To talk about... Uh, yeah, Star Wars. Bad Batch. What are we talking about? Bounty Hunters, number 13. That's what I just said. I've read Star Wars too many times. Um, but before that, yes, we'll be back on Friday to talk about Bad Batch episode number... What are we on? Six? Episode six coming out this week? Yep. Um, that's been a lot of fun. That'll be on our, well, same service here, but that'll be our certain point of view. Our certain point of view. Until then, I'm Tim. Wait a minute. Loki. Loki. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just since you said wait a minute, let's go ahead and all just wait a minute. Hey, everybody. I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you think we should cover in the podcast or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. You know, over there at... Uh sci-fi super show they're probably going to talk quite a bit about this loki show as it comes out but i want to talk about it too because it's super exciting and i forgot we were going to talk about it and i'm i'm excited again for it i'm glad you brought it back up thanks jim see i'm tim and yeah. that's jim and jim brought it back up i said thanks jim um I did. So, what about loki uh fyi and i know we said this at the beginning of the episode but just in case you've forgotten because it was 35 minutes ago we are going to spoil this show so if you haven't watched it yet, stop listening, go watch it, and then come back and listen. Um, and while you're out there, you know, when you're on your way in or out or on your way back, go ahead and leave us a five-star review or subscribe or like it. Say, hey, what's up? What's yeah. going on? Um, leave us a message. Reach out to us. We're on uh, Facebook, Our Certain Point of View. Uh, Facebook page, Facebook group. That's a group. Um, you can find us on Twitter, yeah. at Our Certain View. And... Uh, Tell us what's going on. We're on TikTok, but we don't really do much there anymore. Um, but we're there. It's around. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, Loki. I yeah. I loved it. I did too. Um, I loved the episode. I'm very I like, excited. I like the stuff they're doing. Um, they did yeah. a good job for me with the who is doing what and why are they doing it. Um, they're... Oh, we're, we're full spoiling now. We'll assume everybody's listening has, has seen it at this point. Um, 
Yeah. The Owen Wilson was an interesting casting choice. I love him. And he, he, he came around to it, and it was fine. But at first, you're like... <laughs> it took you out of it for just a second. You're like, is that Owen Wilson? Not me. That I, is Owen Because I'd seen he was in the trailer, so okay, I was I excited to see him. I hadn't paid any attention to it. And I like Owen Wilson. And I liked his part in this, and I liked what he did in this. This is not a complaint against it. Um, it just threw me off for a second when I when I heard his voice um, and then looked close enough to be like, oh yeah, that is him. So, interesting uh, interesting stuff going down there. And uh, we are setting up for something that we assume is coming in the Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Um Rumor has been coming out for a long time now that Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be a uh, rumor spoiler, if you need to hear that, that if, if the way I introduced the statement wasn't clear enough, um, is going to be a multiverse yep. thing, and yep. uh, it seems like this Loki show is going to be the, the preview to that. That's, that's my impression. Yeah. Um, so, really awesome, because it's... I don't know. My my guess at this point is he's going to get the upper hand on himself and then kill the other him. Yeah, so and it is interesting that timelines and multiverse, like, are... Yeah, the variant timelines are they... <sighs> so multiverses work kind of all together, but if one of them gets too far out of whack, then it could threaten all existence, yeah. I guess is the idea here. Well, the basis... So some multiverses are okay, some are not. Not exactly. And Loki seems to have created one that was not, and that's how he ends up in this bind. That's... And apparently there's yet another Loki doing the same thing, but much, much worse. Well, only sort of, though. The way that they're saying this is that the multiverses aren't okay, that there's one timeline now. And everything has to fit into this timeline. And I think that's the problem. It does call into question, because they said that. the uh, What do they call it? What was the word they used? Um, the sacred timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does call into question how Cap lived a different life. Well, that's what I mean by... I, I think that they actually are saying that a multiverse is okay, but it can only... It, because like when they showed the sacred timeline, it seemed like a bunch of threads. So that there are, you know, there is uh, the, you know, the multiple Spider-Mans and all that stuff. Um, that that's okay. Um, that's why Doctor Strange is able to be okay. He hasn't run into these people yet. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So they're they're interesting. And I did um, think it was. I loved the Infinity Stones. That was awesome. Yes. I only had one question about the Infinity Stones. Yeah. I didn't know that Loki knew what the Infinity Stones were at this uh, point. Yeah, because you remember his Odin had the gauntlet, which was a fake, and everyone knew it was a fake, but they knew apparently what it was. They had the gauntlet in, in Asgard. When? Um, when was that, though? And that was designed... Oh, they show it in, in the, this show... Um, they show it in, uh, the one, which was the, the one where, uh, his sister Hela shows up. Um, she walks past it and says it's a fake. And it's also a right-handed glove and, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet's for left hand. There's, there's several references to this being in Odin's, uh, um, you know, his collection before this. 
So the part that was a little bit like, I don't know, is that they didn't seem to know the Tesseract was one of these stones. No, not the Infinity Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet Yeah, the was... Infinity Gauntlet was in Odin's collection, and it was a fake. No, that was made by, um, what's-his-face, for Thanos. Well, uh, Google it. You'll see that there's there's several references to it in, in Odin's collection. I'll have to look at that. So it was really interesting, because he kept searching for the Tesseract. He wanted the Tesseract. He wanted the Tesseract. But if he knew it was something different, it was strange that he still called it the Tesseract. Um, it never seemed that they knew what the Infinity Stones were until later. Uh I don't know. I'm okay with it. Like, it, I feel like Loki'd be the type to know about the Infinity. To stuff. know that they were around. Yeah, I was just. Again, I just didn't know. The only if... problem is that he didn't seem to know the Tesseract was one of them. Right, and and he or didn't. Maybe he did know, and he just didn't call it. He just well, called it Tesseract. And that was the other thing is like, yeah, it, it seems like yeah, they're just everywhere. But if you're gonna try to go escape and take over everything, wouldn't you pocket a couple of other Infinity Stones? Yeah, well, that was. So I watched it with my daughter, and that was her... She immediately was like, why didn't he grab him? And I I thought about it for a second, I'm like, because don't you know what this means? Like, these people... Loki wants power. And these people have these stones, not just one, but bunches of them, just laying around. And they're not and that's why, again, I think that they're okay with multiple timelines. Because right. I think in some timelines, Thanos does break the, the sacred timeline. In some multiverses, he breaks it. And so they have to go get him. And they are that powerful. So when Loki sees it, I think he realizes that compared to these people, these are really just trinkets. And they literally are just trinkets. So I think that's why he immediately is like, wait a minute, I need to understand this place better. Yeah. Because these things are useless without... Yeah, because he wants to know. It did. It definitely got to a point where it seemed like he was like, wait a minute, you guys are, are the ultimate power? I need to be in charge of you. Yeah, I thought that was an extraordinarily brilliant moment that he saw the Infinity Stones, and yeah, all, all audience, I think, reaction was initially, grab them, what are you doing, grab them, right. and then you realize they're literally sitting in the desk drawer of a bureaucrat, yep. and he's like, yeah, we got them all over the place, and that does make you kind of, like, it's staggering in what it says about this, this group, this time variance authority. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. And I thought it was really well done that Loki picks up on it a minute before the audience does, showing, you know, he's, he's a quick thinker. Yeah. Um, but they gave us enough information that we could pick up on it, too. I, I yeah. thought that was really well done. It was, it was good. The whole episode was really, really well done. Um, I was a little thrown by the beginning. I'm not trying to complain. I love the entire episode. I'm just, I just, I just had some questions. So the very beginning... Well, he throws himself out of his out of his timeline, but I didn't. What what stone did he have? Space stone. The what, tesseract. Yeah, I think it's the time stone. No, the time stone is with Doctor Strange. And maybe it is the space stone. I don't so know. That, I know he can move around with it. Yeah, that but was the part break, that got me. Oh. Is oh, he broke the timeline because he left. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what broke the timeline. Okay, so yeah. he was still in his regular time. He wasn't supposed to. He escape. was just somewhere else. And and I guess the breaking of time is what is what threw the extra power because he went flying when he came out of that thing, um, and he's used the tesseract a bunch. Like he knows how to use it, but he came like launching out of his little portal yeah. onto the ground and kind of hurt way. himself. Um, 
By the way, I think that's a nod to a Russian uh, uh, Soviets when they had a space when they were doing you know human spaceflight. They had a uh, a sh uh, landing pod go awry. I forget what we call those little pods, but uh, anyway, it didn't come in correctly, and it hit seven Gs coming into the Earth's uh, atmosphere. It was supposed to land in the ocean, and they survived. By the way, the crew did. Um, seven Gs, like one finger, weighs about forty pounds. It's like you, your body can only handle it for about thirteen seconds before you're dead. Yeah. Um, fortunately, they they were only there for a couple seconds. They land in the middle of Mongolia, and they get out of this uh, this space thing capsule and there were some mongolians standing there and they're like how did you get a boat way out here because <laughs> they didn't know what on earth it was i i think this was a nod to that just saying <laughs> that's possible i could yeah. uh yeah. i buy that but yeah he couldn't control it i don't think we should do a scene-by-scene -scene recap of the show just no, kind no. Of general thoughts and no. i'm excited about it i love like I said, that how much power the Time Variance Authority clearly has. Um, I like this idea that there's some acceptable, you know, versions of, of, of reality, but then there's some that aren't. And I like Loki's being mad at, well, who are these people to decide? They're going to have to explore that some more. Well, and he's, he's very much concerned and stuck on the um, I have free will, and they're telling him that he basically doesn't. Yeah, um, I love that too. And he's he's not a fan of that, and I think that's going to be one of his driving factors too. Well, he sees his own death, which has been a big question for a lot of um, Marvel fans: is how are they going to undo that? And this kind of is kind of showing how they might can undo that. They could, um, if yeah, they, if they so choose. Um, but yeah, we saw he saw his own death and realizes that he really is, you know, not really meant for greatness like he's always believed. It's, well done. Very, very good show. And I, I think it's why uh, Owen Wilson was such a good guy for this, because he does come across as a... He likes... He wants to be nice about this, but he is also kind of a bureaucrat slash investigator. Like, this is just another day for him, and he's trying to kind of... I, I liked him. I thought he was very effective. Oh, yeah. No, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um... It was it was very 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 well done. It was just a. I want to know. Not a, it, this is unrelated to that. Um, I want to know how long the next episodes are going to be. So for those of us, those of you that listen to us often, you know that you know Bad Batch started off as seventy one minutes, and then <laughs> no, it's down to twenty four, including has, credits. Has gone down and down and down every episode. Yeah. Um, and. It's, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping this one stays, you know, longer. It's only six episodes, I think. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Dang it. I didn't check that. Yeah, well, I definitely give it the thumbs up, and I'm a big fan, and I can't wait till the next one. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. This was, this was definitely a lot In of In a weird fun. way, I kind of think I look forward to it more than Bad Batch, even. Although I love Bad Batch, and I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan than I am a Marvel fan. I mean, I love Marvel, but I just, you know, I like yeah. Star Wars more. Oh, I know. But, um, but uh, I, I am excited about Loki. He's always been an interesting character, and i am always been fascinated by concepts of things like uh, predestination and, you know, free will and what is free will and all that. Yeah. 
That's why yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, the show Westworld. I love shows that kind of address these questions. It is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, uh, that's our that's our stuff. We were. That's it. We were talking about it. We'll be back in a couple of days to talk to you some more. But until then, uh, once again, in case you didn't hear it the first couple of times, I'm Tim. I'm Jim. Yeah, he is. And this has been Force Lore Comics from our Our certain certain point of view. Point of view. This is the way. Always. Force be with you. Remember the Force be with you. Always. We have spoken. Always. Yeah. And when I can find the button, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.